<sighs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Cult Kid Podcast. I'm Durs, and uh, here's another conversation with myself. So, I was talking with a buddy last night, a really good friend of mine, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm trying really hard to get through your YouTube podcasts, and I innately kind of understood what he meant without, without knowing what exactly it was that he was trying to say, but I wanted him to say it, like... What 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 specifically what makes it hard? And he's like, man, I've ta- I've heard you talk about deep stuff. Like, he's like, I know you. And he's like, it, it just sounds like you're trying to be vulnerable without actually being vulnerable. And that hit like that makes sense. It makes sense because and I think that's why I have such a sometimes a hard time doing this you know, getting on and, and talking about whatever it is that I want to talk about. Um, a lot of the things, well, pretty much everything I want to talk about is controversial. And I think sometimes I go on a whim and it's not fully, totally thought out yet. And, you know, I'll get done with the recording and I'll listen to it back and it's like, Ah, you know, and then uh, part of part of the process is is figuring out how to better articulate things and 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 put forward a cohesive thought. Um, so I get it, I get it. That makes sense to me. Um, so today, and I I normally try to do a computer, uh, like notes and go off of that, and that wasn't working, and I'm. In case you haven't figured out yet, I'm I'm quite technologically illiterate, given the grainy pixelation and 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 quality of recording. But I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's like a nostalgia. It's like a '90s throwback. So I'm okay with it. But I'm using paper today. I do way way better with paper. So. <sighs> Hopefully it's a little bit more cohesive and makes sense and, well, we'll see what happens. So today, I want to talk about the lessons that I have learned from a misogynist. (laughs) And that misogynist would be Andrew Tate. So sit back and enjoy the ride whether you hate him or love him. I'm going to have fun with this. So, so there's one thing. The first thing I, I really want to express about Andrew Tate is there's, at least what I've noticed, there's a common thread to everything he says. And it can be summed up simply by saying, wake up from the Matrix. And that you think of the movies it's pretty much you know not literally but pretty much what it means this the matrix might be the system <clears throat> that's in place to keep us all controlled and subjugated uh it, it might be the 
the rhetoric that mainstream media feeds feeds us every day whatever it is it's that it's that control mechanism that exists in society that isn't necessarily tangible although sometimes it could be tangible maybe it's maybe it's the debt the consumerist debt that we're locked in right but i i think and and the more i the more i wake up i think in some circles on social media it's called being red pilled because in the movies you got the blue pill and the red pill you take the blue pill and everything goes on being the same and nothing changes and you can go on your happy existence but you take the red pill and you wake up and see things for what they really are and you can never go back you you know you can't go back and take the blue pill once you see it you see it and lately i've i to put it that way i've been i've been red pilled just putting it, that out there and i don't i don't i haven't heard any kind of like controversial uh attitudes towards that i don't know if it's like a main sort of quote-unquote mainstream idea but the more i think and question things the more i question what i believe the the more i see what's really going on and really it's just i i think it can be summed up simply as i'm i'm thinking freely and not buying into the propagated rhetoric from the mainstream media or even believing any kind of not believing everything i see on the internet so that so just just keep that in mind and i i feel like with everything that andrew tate says it kind of comes from that concept of waking people up like wake up from the matrix so all right to get right into it so the first thing that i realized listening to andrew tate was this idea about my innate biological value uh and and this is where i i think a lot of his quote-unquote misogynistic viewpoints come into play which really they're not really it's not really misogynistic i mean i think in a certain context he's he's got some uh ideas that i don't fully agree with but i you also gotta understand the dude is a almost billionaire and he acquired and amassed that fortune in the less than 10 years i think so when you think and hear when you think about what he says and hear what he talks about let's 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 be real here and realize that it comes from a reality that is so beyond everyone else 99% of the population of the planet has no context for the kind of life he lives like it and and that's that's just being real and realizing the reality of what's going on but i do feel like a lot of what he says is based in truth the truth of reality and so when it comes to this idea of like innate biological value what what that means to me is as a man i am born with the ability to create life to uh 
yeah, not necessarily create life, but the ability to start a family for my entire life. I, I think at age 50, the biological clock starts to tick down, but it's rather slow, at least far slower than it is for women. And when he says that women are born with their complete value and they start to lose it, I, what he means, at least from my perspective, is that women have the biological, their biological clock starts ticking and it ticks fa- away faster than men. You know, a woman gets to a certain age and the probability and the ability to create life, have a baby is uh, next to none. It's almost miraculous at a certain age. And I, I, I just generally speaking, probably between the age of 28 to 35 is like prime time. And then once you start to hit 40, the biological clock starts to tick away. And I think that is <clears throat> that that innate desire and that urge from a biological perspective is what drives people to make the decisions that they make, generally speaking. And I'm not trying to, to diminish any woman who decides to pursue a career and that's what you want to do. That's great. Awesome. But I think in general, there's a biological aspect to our ability to plant our seed, to create life, create a family, raise a family. And men have the ability to do that on a longer time frame than women. And that's just how it is. And and I and I think realizing that uh, allowed me to start thinking about things a little bit differently, and that brought me to the next thing that I realized was my status and position in society. So, and what does that mean? You know, it's like, what do I have to contribute? Uh, what have I gained? And what do I have to show for it as far as like my contribution? And I mean, to be real, real honest with you, like I had to get, I had to meet reality on reality's terms. And when I, when I was thinking about like, well, okay, like what is my status and my position in society and what do I have to contribute? It's pretty much fucking nothing. Like I wait tables and in a certain respects and you know, not, not to say that there's no place for that. Like I know that, that it has value, but I feel like I'm the low man on the totem pole in that situation. I feel like, yes, I have a, I have something of value to offer, but it's just a service to people who have a higher status and position who, when they get off work, want to decompress and unwind and enjoy camaraderie with friends. And that's all fine and dandy. But me personally, I want more. And that's, that's how I feel. And I think being able to like, recognize that. And it, because it there for for a long time, and I think I even use this terminology with my therapist, and I probably talked about it with friends. But 
for a long time, I really felt like I was just floating through life. Like there was no, there was no purpose. There was no true, uh, futuristic goal. You know, it was more of like, Oh, I want to make more money. And then, well, how do I do that? I don't know. Well, I'm just going to come up with some random idea and then see if that works. And there's really no no rationale behind it. It it was all just kind of whimsical and and fanciful and 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 it, it was just like irrational, lacking any kind of true logic. It was more like feeling based. And that's a whole conversation because, you know, and I'm just going to throw this out there for 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 the people who don't want to hear it, but your feelings don't determine reality. Uh that's just how it is, right? Get real. Sorry, not sorry. Anyways, tangent, come back. Where are we at? Uh, so, yeah, we, we, you know, and being in the service industry, it's not a bad thing. But to be quite honest with you, it's not an awesome thing. And I want more. I want more for, for myself. I want more from life. And I want to create more value than... I have, and that's and that's the thing is like, with, I don't think I mentioned it, but like in the terms of like biological value or or my value, we like for men, in society, we are born with. As far as social value, we might have like we might have the ability, biologically speaking, to, you know, create life at any point in in our life and we have a long biological clock but as far as like our value as it pertains to society we're born with none and in that sense we have to create it for ourselves and society determines what our value is based on what we can contribute our status what we've you know yeah what we contribute what we have what we can contribute what we've created for ourselves to be able to add add the value to society. And and so, you know, in that context, like I don't really have anything to show for it. You know, and but and and, and but that brought me to like uh, and I have to be real here, I have for the past several several, let's say 7 8 years been extremely focused on my own personality, my emotions, my mentality, I had to because I was in a quite a dark place struggling with depression, anxiety. Uh, I, I, was, I didn't understand what was going on, you know, having grown up in the cult. And I think I've touched on this, you know, a little bit. Uh, it didn't prepare me for reality. I was never taught these things growing up. I didn't understand what was happening when I stepped out into the real world and started to realize that there's a whole lot more going on than I was even privy to. And, and, and that caused a lot of, it found myself in situations that were not fun and it caused a lot of internalized trauma and, and I was really good at internalizing everything and you know, several years later, things start to like come to the surface and pop up. And, uh, 
and uh, I had to deal with it accordingly. And I quite literally couldn't couldn't focus on creating that social value. Not that I even knew that it, that was a thing. Ouch. And, uh, but I, I in, in a real sense, I would find myself in the different jobs that I held almost not being able to deal with what was going on inside of me emotionally, mentally, almost losing it. I kind of losing it sometimes, but I, 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 went, I had to go down that path of figuring out what's going on with myself. But in that context, you know, I don't think you, I don't think I would be able to actually create or add any value to society as a man if I didn't get myself straight first. Um, and that's just part of the process. And that's where I'm at now. You know what? And, and, you know, and, it, and that's the thing for me, <clears throat> for me, I've always been able to hold an objective stance on things. Even if I didn't like someone or something, I have the ability to be able to listen to what they say and learn from it. You know, I think every, I think every opportunity, I think every situation in life has the potential to offer a lesson and we have the ability to learn from every circumstance that we go through in life if you're open to it. And in, in, in a real sense, I think having that sort of perspective and attitude uh, can fast track you to the place that you really want to be, even if you don't know where or what that is. So... Um, yeah, I, and so I started realizing this and, and started thinking about it. And really, this is all just can be simply stated as meeting reality on reality's terms. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so, yeah, I spent years focusing on my emotional and mental health. Um, and I realized the disconnect between my personal value and my social value. And like I said, you know, rightfully so, I don't think I could have any social value until I created my personal value first. And uh, I have something. Yeah, so in status, and this is something I learned from Jordan Peterson. Um, we're, our nervous system, I, our, we're biologically wired to recognize status within a hierarchy and hierarchy systems are found all throughout nature and it's one of those it's one of those ancient very very millions and millions of years old biological processes that um it's found in everything really it's and and we're wired to operate within it and to recognize the status within the hierarchical systems and being able to recognize that makes it easier to accept rea the reality of the situation and recognizing that 
where I'm at right now is not where I want to fucking be. And being able to articulate it in the sense that, okay, there's a status here. And it sounds weird because it's almost, I guess it's, it's hard to accept or explain because it almost sounds like a, a class system. And maybe in a sense it is, but there's a real sense of, like, even even when I'm, you know, I've been in the service industry, hospitality industry for a while, and it's like, you know, I do the job because it pays the bills, and honestly, it was an easy way for me to be able to focus on myself and do the things I needed, but there's always that sense that I'm sort of the low man on the totem pole, and, you know without being able to understand why I felt that way or articulate it, I think it, it, it creates this sort of cycle of being stuck in it. But once I, once, once I was able to recognize it and realize it, it makes it a whole lot easier to accept it and then move forward and figure out uh, how to get out of it and what to do about it. So there's that on status and position in society. And what that, the next thing I realized has to do with my disconnect with reality of my relationships with women. And what I mean by that is <sighs> there's some there what I truly deep down want, what I wanted, what I still want is a committed relationship, somebody that I I can create a life with. But what I have been doing was pursuing the physicality of relationships and just to put it simply, my sexual urges. And I think it's probably because, again, growing up in the cult, I was never taught about, you know, sex and relationships. I never even learned what it meant to be in a committed relationship. I can't say that I've ever actually experienced that just to be real fucking open with you. Um, I have no context for what it means to be in a, in a healthy, spiritually minded, connected, committed relationship. Um, the few relationships I've been in were either I was super young and it was not there wasn't any commitment and it was more physical than anything else or maybe I was a little bit older and I was already in a deep dark place and it was just I was disconnected from myself and there was no kind of real connection even though there was a lot of emotions in it you know in some sense there was a connection but it just wrong time, wrong place. It didn't work out. And honestly, that was that added to 
I, I guess I would say the emotional and mental trauma that I was already going through. But, you know, fast forward to, you know, the past couple years or so, you know, I'm stuck on the dating apps. You know, I, I, it, I learned the hard way that it wasn't a good idea to date at work because that never ended well for me anyway. And so wasn't meeting anybody new. I also not really into uh, getting numbers at work. That's not always a great idea, <clears throat> although it can be fun. Uh, so I was stuck on the dating apps and I was stuck in this bullshit cycle of, I think deep down, whether I recognized it or not, I, and, and I think I would tell myself I wanted, I wanted, I did, I, I, I knew I wanted a relationship, but the only context I had for a relationship was uh, physical and sexual because when I got out of the cult, it was a... It was a, a year or a couple of years long of the only experiences I had with relationships were purely sexual and never lasted long. And so I think part of that is like that was how my that was the the rut that was created. That was the pattern that was created. And so without even realizing it, when I, when I got to a point where I was like, oh, I want a relationship, I would revert back to this sexualized aspect of thinking or just, you know, unconsciously thinking that that's how I needed to go about getting it. And it just, it, it clearly doesn't work that way. And so, um, (coughs) And, and, and it's somewhere along the, the way I kind of realized this and like woke up to like, oh, like if this is what I want, but this is what I'm pursuing as far as like the physicality of it, I need to like differentiate it and I don't need the physical right now. And then I was able to like truly focus on what does it mean to have a relationship what like what what like in such a broad sense because i had no context like i was i'm 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 able to rationalize it and figure it out and uh what i realized is that you know once i really started thinking about it i realized that my status and position in society does not allow me to pursue the commit the committed relationship in the way that I want to and like what does that mean well I've never been one to settle and when I really think about it the kind of relationship I want is pretty high caliber and if I'm being real and honest with myself I don't have the position in society and what do i mean by that like i don't have the job capable of financing dating the type of women that i want to get to know and and the type of woman that would be i'm not even in a position to be able to offer the kind of relationship that i want and so like i i really is like kind of like reality smacking me in the face was like oh, okay so 
here I am. I don't have the status that I truly want. And I don't have the status that I, and the status that I truly want at a certain point would allow me to move freely in reality to, and, and get to know people and wine and dine women and get to, and, and really figure out more about what it is that I really want. And I had to, I had to realize that to even be able to, to recognize what it is that I really wanted out of a relationship. And so, um, that was really eye opening for me. And it honestly, it helped a lot because then all of a sudden the, 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 the physicality and those, the urges and the, uh, what's the unconscious, that that cycle I was able to pull myself out of. And now I'm able to focus on what it is I really want. And it's been pretty interesting over the past few months because, uh, I was able to rationalize where I was at, make decisions. Ow! Fuck! I scared the cat and he uh, super got me. Mm. But he was messing with the camera, so I, I had to get him out of here. That's a deep one. That's a that's that's gonna hurt for a minute. Mm. Well, there we go. So, anyways, back where was I? Status commitment. Yeah, and over the past few months, I've been able to rationally approach my reality and figure out what it is I want to do. And I've formulated a plan and I have a goal and I know that within the next five years, I'm going to be at a place and, you know, to use the terminology I've been overusing, but I'm going to have a status and be in a position to be able to live the life that I put it simply live the life that I want to live. Um, and it feels good. It, it gives me a purpose. You know, I don't feel like I'm floating through life anymore. I, I, I have an overarching idea about where it is I want to be and what I want to do. And I don't, I wouldn't have been able to, to get to this point had I not had these sort of wake up calls and and recognizing reality for what reality is and so um that 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 kind of that that pretty much sums sums it all up and you know these lessons from a misogynist have have made me you know appreciate my position more and you know, the way that I interact with women now is, is so horrible because, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not just pursuing some physical, sexual relationship anymore. And, and, and how horrific is that, you know? Uh, sorry to you feminists out there, but I have to say that, that, you know, this to- toxic masculinity has got one point on you now, and y- y- you've lost that round. Sorry, not sorry. But for real, you know, as much you can hate Andrew Tate, I know there's a lot of people that love him, and I, I think the reason why he has such a following from young men is because 
in our society right now, men aren't told these things. We're not, we're not really taught these things from a realistic, pragmatic perspective. And what he's saying, you know, fundamentally to young men, and it's the same thing, like the, there's a common thread between, you know, people like, and I don't want to compare all these men, but there, there's when there's when you look at men who have accomplished things and, and, and created a status for themselves and, and, and created something of their life, like Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Jocko, uh, David Goggins, they all, the one common thing that they all say is when you wake up in the morning, and I'm paraphrasing, but the, 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 this is, the common thread is, it can be summed up like this. When you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like doing whatever it is that you need to do, just go fucking do it. You don't feel like going to the gym, go to the fucking gym. You do it because you don't feel like doing it, because you need to do it, because it's your duty to do it, because you're supposed to do it. And I think a lot of men are told, in our society at least, we're told that like, oh, your feelings matter. And in a certain context, yes. But in the grand scheme of things, no. Your feelings don't determine reality. And if you let your feelings determine your reality, you're going to be, I guess, floating. Floating from here to there because that's what feelings are. Feelings come and go. And if you attach to every feeling that comes your way, you'll never be able to meet reality on reality's terms and and then and then by and at that point move forward and create something of value for yourself and something of value that you can contribute to society and 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 that kind of it can be summed up in I learned this from Jordan Peterson and it, if there's nothing new under the sun it's always it's 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 always the same thing just said in a different way but sometimes it takes somebody else saying it in a different way for it to click and you may have heard it a thousand times your entire life and then one person says it just a little bit differently and then it clicks so and that's why I love Jordan Peterson because for me Jordan Peterson is one of those guys that always has something to say that makes my brain go oh and it's a little something clicks and it makes me think about it a little bit differently and I can move forward with whatever it is that I might have a question about or trying to figure out but um you know it was him that said you sacrifice and I'm totally paraphrasing but sacrifice the immediate pleasure for the long-term gain and that succinctly uh, sums up what it is that I was explaining today and, and all these realizations to just do what I need to do to get myself to the to where I need to be. And I feel like in a certain sense, I've always been doing that. It's just that for a long time, I and, and rightfully so, and I don't even, I don't regret it, but I had to focus on my own personality and my emotions. Uh, you can't help anybody else until you help yourself. It's the, you know, it's, it's that, it's that juxtaposition between uh, being selfish and being selfless. 
you know, like you can, you can try all you want to help somebody else, but if you're not in a right place, a right mind for you personally, then you're, you're just treading water. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my lessons from a misogynist, Andrew Tate. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that. This was the Colt Kid podcast. Another conversation with myself. I'm Durs signing off. Till next time. I love you all. Good day.